I thought that scene in the Bible happened. Um, <laughs> I thought they cut that out. Welcome everyone and pull up a seat at the table. It's lunchtime in Rome. Tonight is episode 178 entitled Feelings and Emotions Part 2. Do you find people of faith don't respond to you emotionally? Do you get platitudes and judgment rather than true comfort? Does God care about our emotions? This week at the table, we will continue to discuss our feelings versus emotions and look at what God has to do with it. Pull up a seat at the table and join us. First time listeners can subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Watch us at lunchtime at rome.com slash live or listen directly on lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, you can take our relational needs questionnaire. Make sure to follow us on all social media, and it would be great if you gave us a five-star review. Jay, what specifically is this podcast about? Being alone is the worst. Good times aren't as good, and bad times are worse when you're all alone. Romans 12, 15 says to rejoice with those who rejoice and mourn with those who mourn. That is how you keep people from being alone and what this podcast is all about. We demonstrate that in the first 15 minutes of the podcast, and we talk about it for the rest. So while it may not be 12, 15 in Rome, we're treating it like it is lunchtime, lunchtime in, in Rome. Rome. Wow, that is spicy. Spicy. Okay. Yeah, I yeah. sound a little high. Yeah. I'm popping in my ears here. Yeah, how about that? Yep. Oh, there. Coming down a little bit. Yeah. Hey, before we get started, I just wanted to point out the fact, once again, that we weren't on last week um, for a multitude of reasons, but the biggest of which being uh, our guy, Douglas Bentley, um, passed away. And it took us all by surprise and was very... Uh, emotional for me. And, you know, I was sad in a lot of ways and angry in a couple ways. Angry just at how some organizations up here did not receive him well, whereas every individual did. And uh, I noticed that the uh, the viewer count on YouTube went from like 289. I think it's over 400 now. Since last um, week? A bunch of my classmates wow. were passing it around. And... Um, so just a shout out to everybody. Wow. I know you sit at the table with us every week. And the, the moral of the story, at least one of the morals of the story, is that each day is a gift. Mm. And we have to make sure that we treat it with that respect. We cannot live in fear. You know, I always tell Joe and Bella after everything we went through with Trey that you realize that everything's on the table. Mm. And that you have no idea. There's an order the way life's supposed to go. But it doesn't always go in that order. And mm -hmm. so you can live in fear every day that, oh, Maybe today is going to be a bad day. Maybe today is going to be a tragic day. Or you realize, man, it ain't today. Right. <laughs> or it hasn't been today yet. And uh, if Douglas did anything, he lived life large, intentional, and relational. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of why what we do here, it's why we do what we do here, so that you can be more relational and you can be more impactful in your day-to-day -day communication. And so we want to honor him with tonight's podcast, tonight's time at the table, and uh, move forward, keeping that in mind. Do you remember what episode uh, I he was? Shortly, I was going to say if you uh, if you are a consistent listener, consistent person that sits at the table, at the table, yeah, um, or you're new to the show, I encourage you to go back and listen to the episode uh, titled Douglas Bentley, and we'll try to figure out what episode that was here uh, in a second. 
Um, and you can find that on lunchtimeinrome.com or right. sub, uh, lunchtime.substack.com. Yeah. Um, so, 159. 159. It's not too long. That's June 9th. Yeah, I was going to say about half a year ago. <laughs> Almost 20 episodes ago. Um, okay. So, speaking of, uh, not to bring the room down, death, but. Um, speaking of death. Yeah. Amy's uh, aunt passed away. 545 views as we sit. Wow. Not your aunt. Amazing. Amy's aunt. No, not Amy's aunt, but the Douglas Bentley. Oh, right, 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 right. Though we did go to the viewing. That's, for your Amy's that's aunt. true. That's oh, true. Her aunt quiet. Jeannie, she had down. She lived till she was 65. She finished strong. And uh, it was just good to see a lot of Amy's family. And, uh, and one thing that I was thinking about is, man. You want to see some grown men just turn into like little boys. Like whenever we would have like a family reunion on that side or whatever, we'd have like a family function, like all her brothers, meaning Amy's dad and his three other brothers would just like turn into little boys and like, you know, joke around with her and sing mm-hmm. songs. And, you know, it was, you know, it was just, it was just like, man, life can be so good sometimes. And it just takes that kind of person to remind us that. Mm-hmm. But, um, this week I have two goods. Um, Great. We, uh, I had a really great weekend with, with Maggie. On Saturday, I did daddy-daughter date day, and man, it just went great. And uh, it was fun. Took, I just ran errands, went to the mall playground, went to the exchange looking for something. I didn't find anything, but then I bought her a little toy, which they have a great selection of like just cheap toys, like if you want to go. Inexpensive? Inexpensive, yep. And uh, that was fun. And then decorating the the church for Christmas with her was just a blast to watch. Um, so fun. And then uh, we got a new fridge. Oh, you new did? Fridge. Yeah. And Big it's, one. It's keeping things cool. That's what it is. Which is awesome. It's three cubic feet, cubic, cubic feet larger than our old one. So oh. a little bit more room in there. A little deeper. Got the French doors mm-hmm. on the top and the freezer drawer on the bottom. Pretty excited about That's it. The best thing about the French. Like, did you find that on Facebook? No, you were, you were looking. I we did, but there was really nothing around here. Hmm. Um, and I've looked, but I've looked at that before because we're like, eh, you know, at some point we're gonna need a new fridge, and and I, I and I've looked and I was like, oh, that's a pretty nice one, you know, you know. Uh, but yeah, not this time. Not mm. when we're actually looking for one. <laughs> and I was real tired of walking up and down the steps because <laughs> we, we, we are fortunate to have a uh, uh, fridge in the garage. Mm-hmm. So it's not like we were right. you know, living out of, of a cooler and ice for a week. Uh, <clears throat> but no, we went to Laketon TV. Great guys. Oh, okay. TV and appliance. There. TV and appliance, right. And uh, they delivered it and it was great. Yeah. Nothing but good things to say. And it's interesting there how it works because they buy bulk with many other independent appliance dealers. Mm-hmm. So the prices are actually better than Home Depot. It was, or, it was cheaper than Home Depot. And it's a better, it's a much better fridge. Mm-hmm. Like they have better appliances for less money. They, have, they do have high quality appliances. They have everything that you want. Yep. Yeah. Just a little sm- mom and pop shop. Yeah, small showroom. But man, they have a Sony TV there. Holy <laughs> smokes. <laughs> you, you kept walking oh by. Oh, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I've never seen a clear TV. Like, this is unbelievable. You like tried to jump into it. <laughs> <laughs> it was it really was unbelievable. But uh yeah. Fridge for Christmas. So for me, uh, we don't talk enough food anymore. Tonight I made pork fried pork tenderloins. Mm. I pounded the uh, pork tenderloin out real thin, 
could have gone thinner to be very honest, but I was in a hurry. And uh, covered in mustard, yellow mustard, mm-hmm. and pulverized pork rinds, and used that as the breading, and just did a shallow fry in my cast iron. And I was kind of nervous about it. It's kind of hard to keep the temperature steady, but dadgummit, if it wasn't a pork tenderloin, and if I was a bread eater, I'd have put it on a bun, and it would have been a pork tenderloin sandwich. I know you brought some over for us to try. I thought about it, but there's only two extra, so I did not. Oh, that's a bummer. But uh, no, that was a lot of good. And so the other thing is now it is official as of uh, yesterday at 5.30 p.m., I guess it posted, that I have resigned as boys and girls volleyball coach for Penn Hills. You guys obviously knew that, but mm-hmm. those who sit at the table did not. Uh, funny That's that one, big news. That's big news. 26 years with Penn Hills. 26 years with Penn Hills. Boys and girls also throw in some Linton junior high seasons. So it's over 55, 56 seasons. 27 overall? 27 years coaching, yeah. Yeah. And uh, part of that is, <clears throat> excuse me, I think I'm, I don't know if I mentioned it or not, but having classmates who lost their 13 year old son uh, tragically and realizing that I've got a lot more to offer people. As I, as I wrote an outline to him, surviving the worst week of your life, and I gave him a four page outline on how to handle this week up into the viewing, the through the viewing to the funeral. And I really just felt convicted that, man, I, I should be doing more with that. Mm-hmm. And that is something that I had to go through, didn't want to go through it, but therefore I can use it to help and bless others. And then the other was with Douglas passing, you know, thinking about his desire to bridge the gap between the police and the citizens of Penn Hills and help out the high school. And I thought, you know, maybe if he couldn't do it, maybe, you know, he woke up enough people, yeah. enough of our classmates I'm here who are it. in the same boat as I am mm-hmm. in that, you know, Bella's a senior. She's graduating. All right. Well, now I don't have any more kids that are still in high school. I mm-hmm. still have Joe and Bella. <laughs> but I have other classmates who the same thing. And so just immediately I started thinking more about it. And I've already met with, I've had four specific meetings about it, sort of the ideas I'm working on, and to different degrees of people that could be involved. And so we'll see where it goes. But like I said to one of my players tonight when I was texting her that, you know, I'm not playing or I'm not coaching, I said, you know, I'm going to be around. I'm not going away. And I said, in a lot of ways, I'm going to be around a lot more. You know, like I can go to girls' softball games. I can go to the track meets. Mm-hmm. I can right. go to I whatever can, you want. You know, and, and, yeah. I'm, and I'm known enough now that it's not just a fan. But I can be there. I know the coaches. Yeah. And one of my ideas is working with coaches and or leaders of clubs and programs and sort of saying, hey, what are the needs of the kids on your team? Because coaches can't do it all. And you might and, and I've and Brian, you know this, having Ethan, some of the best kids in the high school are really struggling with parents who are absent or divorce, mm-hmm. yeah. moved out of state. They don't have that other that's these are the best kids who are quote unquote surviving. Mm-hmm. Mm. they need that extra adult in their life. And so we've got extra adults lying around this whole community. Well, let, let's match them up, you know, and let, let's get them involved in these kids' lives so that a coach might say, hey, listen, this, this kid needs a new pair of shoes. This, this kid needs somebody to walk with him on senior night. This, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. So the more I'm around multiple sports and multiple activities, I think is a way that we can really impact the school and teach others to do the same. Mm-hmm. So it, it's obviously early, but that's kind of where we're heading. That's good. And that's going to honor Doug, you know? Yeah. That's awesome. And I remember, like, whenever he told us, like, his ideas, I'm like, that makes nothing but sense. Everything he said. <laughs> yeah. He's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of um, those kids 
in in Penn Hills. Uh, Ethan had some friends over on Sunday night. Um, they watched a movie and theater kids or is more guy friend kids. Um, there was a, mi- a mix of a couple. Um, kid, one kid on track and he he ran track and field, and two theater kids. All right, yeah. worlds um, colliding. Yeah, which was cool because and something Lex said to him was was Sawyer one of them? Yes. Ah, sweet. I'm just saying. I mean, I don't even want to say names, but I do, and that's awesome. <laughs> you know who that is? Sawyer. Uh, yeah, Todd. Yeah, it's Todd's nephew. Nephew. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, He's that's a good awesome. kid. Yeah. Um. But one of the things Lex said to Ethan um, was that she admired the way that he's able to bring different groups of people mm-hmm, together because mm-hmm. he does that. Mm-hmm. He, he's always like, I didn't know who Sawyer, I didn't know what a Sawyer was until um, <laughs> the, the minute that he walked in my, in my door. And so Ethan is very involved in a lot of different groups or whatever it is today, um, you know, whatever the kids do. Social today. stratifications. Yeah. But. One of the people that one of the people that came over, um, one of the kids that came over, they had they walked in the door, they walked in the door of my house on on their phone, and you could tell that it was a very intense conversation. Mm -hmm. This person was having turns out with their father, who this person was court ordered to see the father once a week. It's always a good sign. And this person left their father that night from to come to my house with the father saying, well, you're just giving me all this attitude and I don't care if you come home. If you go out, I, I don't actually want you to come back. Ooh, so there was a little bit of an opportunity to... Um, to comfort in that because it's it's traumatic um, for a, a teenager to hear that kind of a thing from God, your parent. It's tough to hear it at any age, right? So catastrophic at that age. So yeah, the point is, I hear what you're saying very much, and it's it, it is a it's a huge need um, because a lot of these kids just don't have, like you said, just don't have somebody to to speak into them, you know, from an adult perspective in a healthy way. And and I want to be clear in that regard. We're not saying, hey, hey, you're all bad parents out there. Like, sure. Life's hard. That's yeah. why we do this right. every week, to teach people to just maybe have another chance at getting by. Right. Life is very difficult. Things happen. you know. And, and I'm grateful when somebody steps in and you know, during the trade days when Jane you know, and Becky Finaletto would just take Bella for the day. Like mm-hmm. You need that. Th- if, if everything's good, you still need a third-party adult in the life of a child who doesn't have the authority to punish. Right. Yeah. Well, even more so when, boy, people, and these are not exactly easy times right. to be a parent. So we're not judging. We're not, we're not saying everybody sucks. We're just saying, man, there's a great need. Yeah. Um, and also speaking of that, there is a Penhills musical. Yeah, there is. Coming up this, uh, actually tomorrow, Saturday and Sunday. Yes. Uh, Sunday's the matinee tomorrow and Saturday, I think, or 7, 7.30, something like that. Uh, it is Little Shop of Horrors. And it's 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 rare for Penhills to do two musicals in a year. It's rare for anybody to do I, a fall musical. I yeah. feel like that's a first. Yeah, they and said, my brother who graduated from Penhills, who's like Mister Musical, like I told him 
that they were doing too. And he's like, really? Yeah. Yeah. And they did a play and like, you know, there's, I mean, there's a lot going on in that department. I think they've done it before, but it's, it's been a while since they've done a fall one and it's a whole, I mean, it's, it's a big production. You think spring musical, oh, this is the big event. So much work goes into it. They're doing, they're doing one. So we're going to be able to see that this weekend. So anybody in the tri-state area swing <laughs> yeah. on by? Yeah. yeah. I'm going Sunday. Good. I'll be there Sunday. Yeah. I'm going Thursday, Saturday, Sunday. Uh, and I guess also I want to talk a little bit about food over the weekend. Um, I had a hockey get together on Friday night with, yeah. with some come? of my guys because we won the championship. Oh, yeah, you did. Yeah, you did. Two weeks ago. So I'm we, surprised you didn't bring the cup over here. Oh man, I should have. <laughs> Could have had it on camera. I with all the folks at the table. <laughs> I have it at my house. <laughs> yeah, but um, we're not at your house. But it is a, it is a big looking like Stanley it's a Cup. Cup looking it's thing. a cup, man. It's awesome. It, it has some weight to it. I think it's like 30 pounds. Wow, so, that is some wow. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's, it's legit. Yeah. That's it's awesome. Not, it's not 30 pounds. It's less than that, but. It, uh, it has some weight to it. It's got some heft. Yeah. Did you lift it over your head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. I sure did. And yeah. but we went to the party and um there was there was some pretty deep, pretty good food there. This kid brought this one one of the guys brought a um a kobasi and it was chili. Like it was I don't know if it was chili it was like yeah, kobasi chili and pineapple all mixed together and it was wonderful. I like could see the, that. The, the different sweet savory. Yeah, I like that. It wasn't chili. What was it? Did you go to North Park Lounge? No, we went over to uh, another guy on my team. He lives out in Carnegie, and he has this thing called the Boom Boom Room. He basically oh, like in his basement. No, he oh, bought okay. a shed and put it in the backyard. Oh, okay, it's like yeah, eight, yeah. It's like an eight by twelve or There's something. There's people like, that. like up up the road from us that do the same thing. Yeah, they have like a shed, and you can see it from the street. You mean behind the church? Yeah, that yeah. place is ridiculous. It's awesome, and you like you see the doors I open. I want to go and There's introduce a... myself and just be like. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I just want to I'm look. with you, man. Yeah. Whatever it is you're Whatever, all about, yeah. we are with you. But they got the, the like the barn doors on the shed open. You can see the TV mount on the table, back behind the bar. bar. Like it's dude, it's dope. So how was the boom so, boom room? Yeah, I want to hear boom boom, boom room was that. great. Yeah. Um, it it it's in Carnegie though. It was in Carnegie. Um, that's like crafting. Yeah, that's like Carnegie. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um, but I was sitting in the boom boom room, and he this guy's a big cigar smoker, and I'm sitting there watching the Penguin game on his TV in the boom boom room. Smoking a cigar, drinking a uh, uh, um, a bourbon. Uh, he had Buffalo Trace. Yeah, and, and uh, I, like we're just like this is like the ultimate male alpha. And the one guy was like, "We just need a wolf in the corner looking at us." <laughs> <laughs> and turns out he had just bought a um, wolf Shibu Inu. I think is the name of the dog. Um, or the the type of dog, which is in in the lineage of a wolf, so we got our wolf too. Oh, so that's um, unbelievable. And I know. And right before I went over there, we were at Saga, the uh, the Japanese um, hibachi place, and it yeah. was just so good, man. Abby's uh, first. What time. What a great night! Yes, it was Abby's first. It was a great night. It was Abby's first time. They fling the shrimp at her. Uh, they did not fling shrimp at her. There were there were two other kids that I mean they weren't with us, but they were also at sitting the at the table. Yeah. yeah. And uh, the guy was paying more attention to them and, and having fun with them. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was a great night, great time, good food. And, um, yeah. Well, that's, I can't celebrate. That's did awesome. You, did dude. the volcano? Did the volcano. It wasn't as impressive as some other ones I've seen, but <laughs> he still did it. And it was, he, he was a good chef. Right. Did, is that, do they do their, like, I think it's Benihana or is it Shogun, where the different color hat means how experienced mm. they are? Well, maybe that's a I thing. It's probably a chef thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, Hibachi chef thing. have you ever seen the movie Chef, Eric? Yes, I have. Yeah. I have one not of my seen favorite. that film. Well, you've 
Anyhow, he sat in the same room. Point of the story is this: <laughs> I feel bad. No, I feel good. No, we're talking about feelings versus emotions. Go back to our last episode, one seventy-seven, if you would like, where we talk about that feelings are very prevalent in our world today. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of guilt. There's a lot of, um, you know, self condemnation. A lot of shame. A lot of this. A lot of that. And sadness. It's, and it's sadness, and it really motivates and dictates a lot of behaviors. Mm-hmm. But what we focus on here are emotions, and we've talked about the top 10 emotional needs. We have the relational needs questionnaire that you can take off, right off of our website. And last week, we, take, we, t- we, take a look. we take a look. We took a look at really the differences and that the feelings are ambiguous, superficial, and found directly in the conscience, conscience, conscious mind. You know, good or bad, whatever else, they're fleeting, they're ever-shifting, they're nebulous, you can't touch them, you don't understand necessarily why they are, and that the enemy or Satan really manipulates people through them. Whereas emotions are eternal, they're fundamental, they exist in the subconscious, and they're really what motivates or fuels our feelings. When our emotional needs are not met, or they are met, well, then we're either happy or mm. we're sad or we're angry or we're glad, you know, all those kind of things. That emotions are concrete and tan- tangible. And that, well, by far and wide, people are completely unaware of their emotions and their emotional needs. They're keenly aware of how they feel. Yes. And that we talked about Satan and the enemy. And again, this is not a Christian podcast, but a podcast run by Christians. That the enemy manipulates people through feelings, but I believe that emotions, and you have pointed out in some of your research on this, they're really God's blueprint on us. Mm-hmm. And so tonight we're looking at what, what does God say about emotions? What does God, where does God fit into feelings? And why do, why do a lot of people of faith, we can leave it at that, mm-hmm. boy, they miss the mark on that. Sure. Um, so, yeah, as far as the blueprint goes, we... When I, when I really started to think about this, I, I, I went and started looking up some different scriptures. And, um, but if we are made in the image of God, if you believe that you've been created by God, then part of our image, our image should reflect him. And if that's the case, we, he gave us emotions, right? And so that must mean that God himself has emotions, which he does and displays through, through uh, th- the Bible. And um, he experienced one negative feeling. feeling through Only one feeling. One f- that we... Uh, well, we've talked about there's four major feelings that you have, which negative feelings that come from hurts. Hurts are emotional needs not met. Mm-hmm. And the only, you know, so whether it be sadness, whether it be, um, oh, sorry, whether it be fear, whether it be guilt, whether it be self-condemnation, or what did I say? Anger, anger, fear, guilt, self condemnation. We talk about sadness. We anger, do talk about fear, sadness. Right. Sadness, anger, was a new fear, one. guilt, self condemnation. Right. Those four things. God only experienced one of those. It's personified in Jesus, which was anger. Sure. At the religious people yeah. of his day, uh, taking advantage they were of the taking people. advantage of of the people that everybody else was taking advantage of, and um, they were taking advantage of them in God's name. In God's name, which is kind of crazy when you think about it, because Kind of happens today. No. Yeah. No. Not at our church, um, but at others. So we, we know that God feels anger, um, experiences anger. Um, but 
as Ephesians 4.26 says, in your anger, do not sin. So it's okay to be angry. Yeah. So, but let me, let me stop here because if one of those feelings is a hurt, if you go to one of those feelings because it's a hurt that has, or an emotion that has not been met or taken from you, and Jesus was angry, and we see God getting angry. Does that mean out? Does that mean his anger is caused by a hurt? Do you? Well, do you know so what yeah. I'm saying? Except now we're basically the microbe on a toenail trying to figure out what the giant's doing. Sure. You know what I mean? Like we're trying to figure out the emotional needs of God. I'm just looking at the lo- logic we laid out. Right. Well, it is definitely an interesting thought. Okay. So in that instance in the scriptural instance where they made people who are coming to worship get trade, trade their money in for temple money, but they're giving them a horrific exchange rate. Mm-hmm. So they're taking advantage of people, and that made God angry. Certainly, I would say his need for respect, completely out the window. Mm-hmm. His need for, I don't want to say security, but, hey, here, I told you to take care of these people. These are my children, and you're taking advantage of them. So, you know... Look at belonging, the emotional need of belonging. These are my children that you're taking advantage of. Mm-hmm. So those are emotional needs mm-hmm. not being met, and so therefore God's angry at their behavior in that regard. But that does not make him imperfect. No, because right there it says, in your anger, do not sin. Anger in and of itself is not a sin. It's his observation of us. Gotcha. And we do see... If G- well, Jesus wept with Mary and Martha. Yeah. Doesn't mean he was, he was perfect. Sad. He was sad. Right. And we do see, um, on the topic of anger, we see it a lot. I mean, it's kind of the cliche, but, oh, the angry God of the Old Testament. There's a lot of instances in the Old Testament where he was angry with the people that um, he called his own. And uh, one of those is Isaiah. Um it says, the ang- on this account, the anger of the Lord has burned against his people. And he stretched out his hand against them and struck them down. And the mountains quaked and their corpses lay like refuse in the middle of the streets. For this, his anger is not spent, but his hand is still stretched out. And I love that last part because he's still, even in his anger, wanting to connect and reach out and um, allow the needs of the people to be met and found in him. So he has that anger for this. And I think it's more, well, I don't know. I don't want to presuppose, but I would imagine he's very, he hates sin. And to know that the system of sin in this world separates us from him, that's got to make him really frustrated. I mean, if I were God. Yeah. <laughs> when I, yeah we're we're ha- getting into some territory Having here. done everything, created everything, and then have people basically spit in his face, that eh, would put me off. Yeah, bit. but I mean, like I'm talking about, and this is kind of the same, in a similar way how I feel when I look at the world, like, I, yes, I get angry at people. Like when I look around our society, especially today, especially over the last couple of years, I get angry at people. Mm-hmm. There are individuals, there are, there are, subcultures and masses that I get angry with. But even deeper than that for me, it is the anger at the injustice that be that that sin has caused, the brokenness that sin's caused in this world. You know, and I don't want to I don't want to compare myself to God, but I feel like I he's given us enough evidence to say that he also experiences that too, because he cared enough about writing of that to, 
you know, to send Jesus. Right. And I, and I don't think before we go too far into the weeds of God's emotions as far as why does he feel the way he does, you know, God certainly shows good emotions as well, that he is glad and that we make him happy and that he is proud and that there are, you know, well done, good and faithful servant. You know, there's, he is certainly, the only negative emotion we ever see is anger. Yeah. You know, and so he's not, I guess I would say he's not overly invested in the, in the feelings. Right. But much more in the emotions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and like we say, he's given us these emotions to reflect our significance as a creation made in his image. Um, but he is affectionate and he loves. Um, and we see that in John three sixteen, for God to love the world, you know, that he gave his only son. Uh, Romans 5, 8, God demonstrated his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Which actually, now that I read that, and I don't even know, did I put these I, in there? Did I you did. put these in? You did. What other emotional need does that look like? Romans 5, 8. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Certainly that's, that's, that is affection. Mm-hmm. You're saying love, but love demonstrated in affection. But what else? While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. I was to say belonging. Nope. Yeah, I mean, okay, he's your father. He, you accented the word sinners. Right. So I feel like that. <laughs> Contextually, I'm following along. <laughs> so I feel like there's something there in the word sinners. Um, I mean, I don't know. Being loved, even though you've made a mistake. Appreciation. Uh, acceptance. <laughs> acceptance. Sorry. No, no, no. Because I was like, I was like going through the list. I'm like, what am I missing? No, it's acceptance. Exactly. Being yeah. loved. Yeah. While we're still sinners. We didn't have to be perfect for God to love us. That's acceptance. Right. I accept you for who you are. Yeah. That's beautiful. That's sizzling money right there. That is oh, come on, man. Yo. <laughs> uh, God grieves and seeks to comfort. And I want to stop right there as we look at emotions that are like that you said are our blueprint or in our DNA. Mm-hmm. And, and I say this from time to time from up front at church, that the God of all creation grieves alongside us and comforts us and, and gives us the ability to come. What if he didn't? It would, be hard, did? for, it would be hard for us to do that. It would be impossible for us to do it. And, and, and what if he didn't accept us? Well, then we would be doomed. There we go. So John 11, Lazarus is dead. Mary and Martha are weeping. Jesus comes up. He knows he's going to heal them. Mm-hmm. Now, this, to me, is one of the most quintessential Christian moments. A Christian would say, don't you have more faith? Don't you realize what God can do? If you just believed, if you just did this, if you just did that, Christian platitude, Christian platitude, Christian platitude. When Jesus just looks in their eyes and Jesus weeps. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When Jesus weeps with them. How impactful that is. It is one of my favorite past um, chapters, stories in the Bible. Even before that, where, you know, he's sitting around with his disciples and um, they're talking about making the journey over there. There's so many funny, there's some funny things in in that, um, in in the way his disciples talk. But then (laughs) that that scene when he, he, the grief that he feels as he mourns with them um, and knowing that he had delayed on purpose for several days in order for Lazarus to die so that he could go and demonstrate his power and his compassion and his love. It's such a tremendous... And, and, and 
knowing that he knowing that he delayed, knowing that he knew he was delaying in order for that to happen, but yet still being a full man, knowing that all of that grief was going to happen. I mean, it's heartbreaking. Like the the burden that he must have felt within himself. And then when he finally went and he finally mourned, and then he had that victory to raise him, the the joy, the it it just every time I think of that story, it just gives me chills. You you wonder to some degrees, like, you know, because he's so committed to it. Uh-huh. I'm going to, you know, I am going to heal him. He's not dead. He's only asleep, you know. And then they're like, well, then why do you wake him? And he's like, okay, he's dead. But yeah. I'm going to wear, I'm going to rise him again. <laughs> so Jesus said plainly, <laughs> he's yeah. dead. He's dead. And I'm glad he's dead because yeah. I'm going to raise him and show you how great my power is. Mm-hmm. You wonder, like, when he gets there and he sees Mary and Martha, is he like, uh, that one's that was a little harsh. Yeah, I feel a little bad. Like, <laughs> I said he doesn't experience guilt. Jesus be like, all right, this one, all right, he's on me a little bit. I'm sorry. And I make him, you know, I told, already said I'm going to make him feel better. I'm not doing yeah. it because I feel bad, you know. But then he comes alongside them and I'm with you. Just in, what was it in the, um, one of the movies about Jesus that wasn't very good, it was him being tempted in the, in the desert. And that the devil shows him like wars and shows him all the things that if you just, if you just, you know, all these kingdoms, you just don't go to the cross. Mm -hmm. None of this pain's going to happen. It's like, you know, it's a heavy load. He took, that is a heavy load. (laughs) There's a lot going on there. Hmm. This and this next one, it's, I think it's one of my underrated favorite verses of my life. Like of my life. Yeah. It's, it's one of those underrated, um, Life verses that foundational. The more I, the more I read it, and the older I get, and am in this world, uh, it means more and more to me. But it's John sixteen thirty three, and this is Jesus speaking. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. If we could internalize the fact that the God of the universe is coming to us and again, telling us plainly, you are going to have trouble. You are going to suffer. You are going to see things that make you mourn and break your heart and break your body and break your mind. Take heart though, because in me, I've overcome all this. Like it may not manifest right now in this moment or maybe even in this lifetime, but I have overcome this. And so Again, it's it's a it's just one of the most beautiful examples of truth in the Bible of God grieving with us and and also comforting us. Hundred uh, percent, you know. And yet we sit there and we God, you know, we get angry. People get angry at God. It's like, did I not? Did I not, cl- I did I not clearly you. say? Yep. But I'm here for you. Right. But you're mad. Right. I mean, that's why he's God and we're not. But God, God is also very encouraging. And God is another. God is like the president. Like I wouldn't want either of those jobs. I don't want to be God, and I don't want to be president of the United States. No, I don't want to be president. I think I could do it though. Ah, uh, I, I don't know. Uh, anyways, I'm sorry. <laughs> God is encouraging in Deuteronomy thirty-one six. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or terrified because of them. But the Lord your God goes with you. I mean, if I woke up every day and I said, "Okay, God is walking with me." Because when you get mad, when you get scared, when you get all the negative feelings, mm. and you realize that God is not only encouraging you, which is saying you can do it, he is supporting us because he's saying, I'm with you. And that goes to, again, what if God just said, okay, monkey, dance, do your best. Huh. Yeah. All right. You're on your own. Report back when you go to bed tonight. Oh, 
Yep. Except effectively, that is what a lot of us do. Mm-hmm. You know, when some so many of my prayers start with, it's been a while, Lord. <laughs> you know, and the fact that God not only encourages us, be strong, be courageous, you can do it. But the fact that he is with us, if you want him there. And right. he's a perfect gentleman as well. He's like, oh, you know, I'm help? Cool, right. I'll be over here. And then we wait, and 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 he waits. And then we're like, God, where are you? He's like, I'm right here. That is, a, that is great support. How often if you offer help to somebody and they don't take it and they don't take it and they don't take it, you're trying to support them and they don't take it. Mm-hmm. Then they finally come to you and they're like, hey, can you help me? And you're like, really? <laughs> what were these last six times so, I offered? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's support, but is it, is it also not encouragement? No, it's both. Yeah. The encouragement is be strong and courageous. Mm-hmm. I encourage you to be strong, be courageous. But then the support is the Lord your God goes with you. Mm-hmm. Right. God's present with you. Um, Romans 15, 5 and 6. May the God who gives endurance and encouragement give you the same attitude of mind towards each other that Christ Jesus had, so that no one, so that with one mind and one voice you may glorify the God the Father uh, of our Lord. Again, it's more encouragement. Literally says encouragement. Literally says encouragement. Um, those so, are the, go ahead. I was just going to say, so just pausing here, the moral of the story is, and as I was putting this together, I could have gone on. Well, but I'd like to for a minute. Okay. I don't want to, I don't want to stop no, your point. No, 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 no. But let, let's go over some emotional needs we didn't mention. Mm-hmm. Okay, what about affection? How did Jesus personify affection? Dying on the cross for us. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the slap shot. Is Jesus the answer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Give me a gray animal with a bushy tail. I want to say squirrel, but Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> you know... Um, Pulling the little kids into him, mm-hmm. not not yeah. you know saying no 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 let them come to me, mm-hmm. you know wiping tears away from the eyes, sitting alongside the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. That's also acceptance, right? Because he knows right. I was just well. trying to figure out like what specifically is affection. Well, you would think even the I don't see that one. I mean, he loved us so much he died for us. <laughs> like the ultimate, I don't know, but yeah, like I mean I'm sure that when he was like, you know, walking and talking, you're like it's documented in the Chosen. that was a document a real live documentary right (laughs) right um belonging where did he meet the need for belonging oh man just fishermen disciples you know sitting down breaking bread yeah with everybody Mm -hmm. yeah you know zacchaeus you know the the tax collector nobody liked the short Mm -hmm. tax collector nobody liked up in a tree see come here Come here, Zacchaeus guy. You know, you put his arm around him a little bit. Come here, you got to give him noogies. Yeah. Ah, Zacchaeus got to hear you. It could be acceptance, too, for that. Oh, absolutely, that's acceptance. All right, so so he's he feeds the 5,000. What is that? Like the actual physical act of feeding them. I mean, yes, he, he, he spoke a lot of truth to them. For me, that would be security. Hey, I'm hungry. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. You need food? Here's food. You know, it, it's definitely security. Um I was just going to say, he's probably really great at every single emotional need. Um, <laughs> I mean, if I had to guess. Yeah. But I feel like he'd be good at appreciation, like showing appreciation. Okay, moments. so when does Jesus thank anybody? Well, he thanks his Father an awful lot. God the Father, God, I thank you that you have spoken, you did this for them. That's in the Bible. Um, <laughs> where else does Jesus thank people? When does anybody... Do? Well, okay, the woman that pro- the pours perfume... On the poor woman pours perfume on Jesus' feet yeah. and cleans her feet. You know, he says, you know, what this woman has done for me. Now, he doesn't address her per se, I think. But, you know, 
means a lot. He goes, and he points out, hey, what she gave me is great. What you guys gave me was nothing. You put me at the, you know over here at the table. You didn't you didn't wash my feet. You didn't well, it was uh, Mary and Martha when he like stays, and um, uh, who's who's like cleaning up everything? Oh, Martha. it's impossible to know the difference between the two. <laughs> I've never remembered you said Martha? Martha. Martha. So Martha. yeah, so Mary Mary's there, it. you know, appreciating him, and and you know there, and he I think he appreciated her there, you know. Um, That's a great one though, and belonging there too. Oh, it's all over the place, belonging. Yeah. Um, what else have we covered? Support, encouragement, affection, acceptance, attention. What about? Oh, he gave a lot of people attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. People attention that, that they didn't want. want. Right. Lepers. <laughs> right. Yeah. What about bringing the um, Israelites out of Egypt? That security. would be. Security. Well, that's God the Father. Yeah. But, I, I mean. I'd be a whole lot of security. A whole lot of security. Yeah. <laughs> that's a, and also belonging. Hey, you're my people. And I respect, got because respect. He's, he's making respect. them into a, a people. Oh, how much respect did Jesus show? My goodness. <laughs> and also disrespect for those who had it coming to them. Right. <laughs> but, you know, whether it be the leper, whether it be the woman caught in adultery, whether it be, you know, the children. No, 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 you matter. Mm-hmm. Gosh, so beautiful. And in fact, I'm sorry, I don't steal your example, but bringing the, the, the Israelites out of Egypt, that was a bunch of emotional needs met. So... As they go through the desert and they're learning to trust in him. Or are they? <laughs> yeah. As they whine. As they whine. <laughs> it was better if we were still Pharaoh's slaves. I got to say, I hate to say it, that'd be me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, like, let's be honest. Like, I'd be like, man. Oh, we always like to think it wouldn't be us. Oh, dude. I, am, I'm, I don't <laughs> think, though, I would have been one of the ones that was mad at Moses. I wouldn't have been mad necessarily. Uh, okay. I'd yeah, be like, yeah. come, on, come on, give me the map. Give me the map. How? I saw this cactus eight times. Can we please not wander in circles anymore? I'm so tired. Um, that happens in Tropic Thunder, too. I'm sure they're uh, extremely similar. Yeah, that's a terrible movie. I oh, I love that cake. movie. Oh, I'm inappropriate. It's a great movie. It's not, it's not okay. Why? What's wrong with that movie? Uh, it's uh, too long. Oh, okay. It's too long. It's violent. <laughs> it's funny. Very funny. <laughs> Could be made today. Could not be made today. Could no. not be made today. What depends? It does on not it? meet the emotional today, needs of yeah, people today. That, but, uh, we digress. We digress. Uh, do we miss any of the other emotional needs? Um, attention, bling, comfort. Oh, oh well, I mean, <laughs> duh. <laughs> well, where did he comfort? He comforted when what? he. Oh, Eric's oh, the dud. Oh, I right. wanted Eric to. Sorry, I. I was making a marker. Um, I mean, you could pretty much pick anything that we like. Just talked about. Right. <laughs> Sorry, I got a cr- I got a side cramp right now. <laughs> well, I think I think about I think about like the man at the gate who was paralyzed, and he you know he was laying there on his mat, and, and Jesus he, joined him in being paralyzed. Well, Jesus joined him in making him feel not insignificant anymore by saying, get up and walk. Um, but is that comfort? Uh, that's see, that's, okay, so the thing is, that's the thing that I was getting, that was, I, I, I do say like, yeah, duh, Jesus comforted people. But like when you get down to like the understanding of comfort, it's the hardest one. I still don't think I have a really big grasp uh, on would, it. I, but I would It's go Mary to, and I, Martha. It's I, Mary and Martha when Lazarus see, died. I, I would say he looks in their eyes and he weeps. I would say walking again or giving people their sight is very comforting. 
yeah, no, but they it's feel not the com- same. No, it's, it's not. not it's same. not the emotional need. I was comfort. going with woman at woman at the well. That like I feel like that that, that is a great because like when he you know draws the line in the sand, takes the attention off of her. Like that's, that's the woman caught in adultery. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> about to get stoned. You've had five wives. Look at this line in the sand. <laughs> <laughs> If, no. you ha- if you have six, I thought, no, you I, shall not pass. I, I, thought that scene, I, th- I thought that scene in the Bible happened. Um, <laughs> I thought they cut that out. I thought it happened at the that well. Was the I thought like they were, like they, the were at, they were at another well. That well was a dirty place, man. Uh, yeah. There were some shady characters at that well at noon. I'm not a learned man. <laughs> but the woman at the well who had had five mm-hmm. husbands and the one that well, she was with too. now was not her husband. She would certainly wait. So I am right. The woman at the well committed adultery. No, no, sorry, she, just, she was married. No, she a bunch. just kept. She was a, and no, little known fact. I think she's a bit of a black widow. I think she was killing all those husbands. Mm. She kept that from Jesus, though. Mm. Not true. But anyhow, she poisoned with the water. Oh, <laughs> plot twist! That's why oh, he's man. like, "Give me a drink." She's like, oh, "I'm not giving you a drink. <laughs> you don't want this water, there, pal. I've heard good things about you." He's like, well, that's true. I have my own living water, so. Yeah, he's like, oh, I'm immune to iocane powder. It's okay. <laughs> I made that stuff. I know <laughs> what it's all about. Exactly. Um, so. Yeah, but th- those are two, I think, those are two really beautiful examples of comfort where he doesn't care about the past. He doesn't care about what they've done or where they've been. That that woman is alone. She had to go there at a separate time of day so that she wouldn't be made fun of or whatever. Um, cause she felt embarrassed and she felt shame. So for him to come alongside so he her, loved her, even though she had made mistakes. Yeah. Yeah. It is great acceptance. It is great acceptance, <laughs> but it's very, it's comforting to be accepted. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, listen, emotional needs nerd. I'll just <laughs> right inside of the face. But the guy, imagine the guy, the leper. Nope. The paralytic that you were talking about, Eric. So here's a guy's paralyzed. You I said that they, yeah. uh, Brian, you brought <laughs> I was and talking about the, that's the, the first lowered. Time, that's the first time I was wrong. That he gets lowered <laughs> through the roof to just be healed by Jesus. Okay, certainly she could be like, talk about respect. How were you know paralyzed people considered back then? I mean, they were they were nothing. Yeah, right. Right. useless. Right. Yeah, you know, useless eaters. You know, if they'd have had doors, they'd have been doorstops. I mean, it was that's all they were considered back then. Mm-hmm. And yet, Jesus takes the time and heals this guy. How much respect did he get? How much belonging? Hey, this guy, hey, this great teacher, he's talking to me. He made me, and that's what he says later on. Hey, you because everybody's mad. The Pharisees are mad. The religious people are mad that he's walking. And they're like, well, who did this? You know, who about this Jesus? And he goes, Oh, that's rich. Do you want to be his follower too? Because he talked to me. Mm. He healed me. That's all I know. What about the other? That guy wouldn't have said that as a paralyzed man. He wouldn't talk to the Pharisees that way. Mm-hmm. Right. But he had the respect of Jesus. So he's like, oh no, let's talk. Um, as Jesus was getting crucified, you had the two thieves. Mm. What about the one where he said, "Oh yeah, today you'll join me." Oh, that one. Belonging, acceptance. What's Jesus experiencing, or what's the, the thief experiencing? The thief. When when they're having the conversation, and again, Jesus was like, "You know, that's like you recognize me as as savior." Um, what starts with the other thief saying, "Hey, if you're so big, if you're so right. awesome, once you get off that cross, save save yourself that's and save us while you're at it." Disrespect. <laughs> Disrespect. And it's the other one who says, shut up. Mm -hmm. We deserve what's happened to us. He doesn't. And that's why Jesus turns to him and says, hey, you and me, babe, 
Today we're walking. He's yeah. Italian. Yeah. We're going to walk together. So that's belonging. That's yeah. acceptance. Classic like, acceptance. acceptance. He did something wrong. He's done and everything Jesus wrong. Is still accepting. I mean, that's like the joke the guy yeah. said, you know, people waiting in line to go to into heaven. And Peter's asking everybody, why do you deserve to be in heaven? He's like, are you a good person? No. <laughs> no. Did you, you were you better than some people? No, that was the worst. I killed people. I killed children. And he's like, "Why are you here?" He goes, "I don't know." Some guy in the cross next to me said he'd see me up here. It's like, oh, like mm-hmm. that's how much you can be forgiven. So security, acceptance, belonging, yeah, all of that. I keep trying to find the comfort ones, and I'm not doing a good job at it. I mean, I don't. It's yeah. I mean, it's marrying a lot. Of he's just very comforting. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> But here, let's go. Um, You're not wrong. I know. I know. I can say that with all the confidence in the world, and I am not a confident person. <laughs> <laughs> so, other thing, other... Sal. 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 So, not in conclusion, but to summarize, <clears throat> Jesus experienced every emotion we could possibly have. And yes. God has put them in our hearts. Yes. And it is who we are. It is what we are made up of. And... It is imperative for us to be in touch with them. I, let me talk about this for one second, and it's a bit of a sidebar, but I want to share it at the table. And it is this. I was talking with somebody who's trying to help a couple. And I said to them, make sure you're talking to your spouse and how to deal with it. They're both dealing with this other couple. I said, because there's the old, we're taught, that when a couple gets married, that God may speak to just one spouse. And so that's why you always have to be talking, because God may be putting something on Lex's heart to share with you. Mm-hmm. Or something may be putting, God may be putting something on your heart, Eric, mm-hmm. to share for Amy. And if the two became one, you're one unit. So he may only be talking to one of you to share it with the other. Right. And I've heard that, and I've taught that, and everything else. But it occurred to me that maybe the reason why God does that is that your own hurts or that one person in the relationship, their own hurts and their own trauma preclude them or uh, make them unable to hear what God is saying. Mm -hmm. Whereas that God will speak to the other person who doesn't have the same trauma Mm -hmm. and it'll help them through that trauma Mm -hmm. and to get where God wants them Mm -hmm. to be. Well, and and it's kind of a beautiful thing about marriage or any, any really good relationship is that you're going to have your blind spots because of, like you said, your hurts, your, your traumas. And so especially, and especially in a marriage, what you're saying is, is, is awesome because you're supposed to grow with each other. And at, at different points the you know, the one or the other is going to be that vessel to, um, to help strengthen that three chord knot or whatever, you know, whatever the analogy is. Chord of three. Chord of three. Um, so that's a good sidebar. Um, what? <laughs> <Smooth>. <laughs> it was just kind of, I mean, I, you know, I've taught it a million times and then yeah. when I was like, well, that's probably why, cause the enemy, what does he do? He, he, he attacks you, mm-hmm. causes trauma, causes hurt, causes pain. Now you can't hear right. what God is trying to say to you. So what's God's workaround? I don't want to talk through the other person. Yeah. I guess beautifully makes a way. He makes mm. a way. And that's and- a good illustration in that. The enemy deals in feelings. The enemy deals in, oh, aren't you mad? Aren't you jealous? Aren't you angry? Aren't you, aren't you disrespect? Aren't you, you know, not only go disrespect, but I mean, in, in emotion or in feelings, in feelings. I'm feeling rage. I'm feeling this. I'm feeling, you know, inappropriately different ways. Mm-hmm. But the economy and the, and the message with which God speaks 
is our emotions. Well, and again, a lot of, we need to see, I, I believe, and a lot of other people do, that there is a way, a truth, that it's not all relative. And so when, oftentimes when people are searching, um, I've, and I've had people ask me, how, why do you believe what you believe? I mean, I, I'm a very complicated person. I, you know, I have my own past and history and everything. Um, so I think sometimes it surprises people that when, when they know that I do firmly believe in Jesus and, you know, I've had those conversations. Why do you believe what you believe? And it has to, to me, it has to come back to, was he a liar a lunatic or was he who he says he was, you know, and there's some great resources on that. Um, and so for me, the world starts and, and ends in a lot of ways through the person of Jesus Christ demonstrated through the gospels. And so even as we're talking here with all of these examples of, you know, the stories we're telling, you don't see the feeling you see the emotions as we were just talking about. Um, Whereas you read through nonfiction um, of today, and and there's there's a lot of feeling being displayed. But I love what I love how the gospel and I love how Jesus very clearly demonstrate the the reality of of emotions over feelings. Other than the anger that we discussed at the beginning, mm-hmm. that's a clear lens for us to see. Okay, he's doing these things not on a whim. He's doing all of these things that he's doing because he's he's grounded in something eternal and those it's a lot of things that he's grounded eternally in but you know through the through the lens of emotions it's a great template for us you know absolutely and if you look once again at the personification of both good and evil god and the enemy we went over in depth looking at how jesus himself personified what emotions are and that we made in his image are motivated and fueled by emotions. And that are the 10 that we talked about and more. If we look at the personification, or should I say serpentification of the enemy, Mm. and we look in the Garden of Eden, and we look at the the devil incarnate in a a snake, he manipulated with emotions. Mm -hmm. With feelings, I mean. Dadgummit. With feelings. (laughs) In that... Aren't you jealous? Why does God want you? Mm. Jealousy. What a mm. horrible, manipulative emotion. Right. Pride. Hey, why can't you take it? Mm-hmm. Take that fruit. Take that fruit. And then the minute they did, oh, shame. Oh, there's shame. Oh, look at you. You're naked. And that's a great, that's a great line of thinking is that when like we looked at how, how God's given us a godly template for emotions, but if we turn that around and look at how stories in the Bible or, you know. Manipulated by feelings. Lust. Yeah. Pride, yeah. Seven, anger, de- seven deadly sins. What is the, seven deadly sins are based on on feeling on a movie. Yeah, <laughs> what's in the box? Seven. Oh gosh, but that's it. We're manipulated by our feelings, but we're fueled by our emotions. Yeah, and so let's make sure as we move forward, and we we're trying to build good relationships with people, and somebody comes to you, you know, and they're hurting, or they, you know, to join them in their emotions, to recognize them to give them these emotions for those are needs. Nobody has a need for pride. Right. Nobody has a need for lust. Nobody has a need for rage. Those aren't needs. Those are manipulative tools. Man, that's an episode. Yeah. I think we just did it though. (laughs) I don't know if I had 
But I'm just saying, those are that's sort of what we're talking about tonight. Yeah. In our conclusion, we're sort of saying that's the whole point that the enemy manipulates right. with feelings, but God fuels us and motivates us and equips us with the emotions. Right. And once again, as we've been talking about for the past couple episodes, mm. so much of it starts with intentionality. You have to be intentional about sifting through and, um, and, and reaching out. It isn't just about you. Well, and, and that's what I was going to say, because by understanding this, we can understand others, love your neighbor and ourselves as yourself. You know, again, love your neighbor as yourself. You understand others and then you, because you understand yourself. Um, and when we understand these emotions, we understand how to operate on God's economy and not the one of this world. And that's a huge challenge because we are infested with bad programming and, and manipulations and lies that we've been, you know, breathing from our birth. feelings are being manipulated by fear. Look at the last three years. Yeah. I was going to say more than ever, like, I don't know, in the entire lifetime, but more than ever in my lifetime, like it's fear. That's another, yeah. it's another feeling. Yeah. You know, um, people should have had much more security in the last three years, but instead they were manipulated by fear. And that's, that's you know, again, so beware the feelings but identify the emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And Take us out, Brian. I'm working on it. Trying to first back and front pages here. <laughs> uh, that's it for episode 178. Please make sure to give us a like or follow on all social media. It is important to us. We really would request that. And visit us at lunchtimeinrome.com. While there, take our relational needs questionnaire. Thanks for joining us at the table for Lunchtime in Rome. Bye. See you next week. Bye. Did you lift it over your head? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I did. I sure did. Sinners. Right. So I feel like that. <laughs> Contextually, I'm following <laughs> along. So I feel like there's something there in the word sinners. In the mountains quaked and their corpses lay like refuse in the middle of the streets. Ah, oh, well, I mean. <laughs> Duh. I know. I know. I can say that with all the confidence in the world. And I am not a confident person.